Buying or selling a home can be challenging, but it doesn't have to be. Heritage Realty makes buying and selling easy. With Heritage Realty, you get local market expertise, one-on-one service, and the support of a network of agents across the area. Heritage Realty cares about the details and goes above and beyond to deliver the service you need. Knowledge is power. Trust Heritage Realty to buy or sell your home. For the newest listings and detailed market reports, visit HeritageRealtyKnox.com. Heritage Realty, where today's technology meets traditional customer service. Live, local, and on your radio from the Budweiser Studios of Cumulus Media Knoxville. This show belongs to you at 656-9900, 656-9900. The sports you need before sunrise is on the air. You're inside the starting lineup with Tyler Ivins and Will West on 99.1, the sports animal. Hour number two of the starting lineup. Good morning, good morning. We're on 99.1 FM and 990 AM Sports Radio WNML. SportsRadioWNML.com. I want to give a shout out to everybody joining us on the Sports Radio WNML app because I know summer vacations are starting to wrap up and you're taking in that last beach trip or maybe you just headed out of town for a couple of days, an extended weekend. That's a free download iPhone users through the Apple App Store. Android users through the Google Play Store. That being brought to you by Matt Beeler and Big Kahuna Wings. Will, coming up at 8.15, Matt Beeler himself is going to be yeah. talking about the Big Kahuna Wing Festival coming up. Big, big times here in East Tennessee. It, it, this is my favorite event that we do. We do a lot of events at Sports Radio WNML. This is my favorite event of the year. Sure. It, 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 it's just, it is a celebration of wings, and I love chicken wings. And I get the VIP is the most baller VIP that you're going to oh, find yes. at any event. It is the absolute best. So if you've never been to the Wing Festival, there's so many other great bands. And it's just an awesome time there at World's Fair Park. I like it being a little bit later, too, because a lot of times it can it, it could be the one complaint you might have had is it could be hot. But Matt always made sure he set up areas with air conditioning so you could cool off and stuff like that. Sure. Being that Labor Day weekend now, maybe a little cooler. I like that a lot. Fireworks. Live music. All the wings that you can eat from the different vendors and the different just the the different teams that they have available. Plus, if you haven't had a chance to lift up seventy five pounds of iron as the Big Kahuna Wing Champion, I'm telling you, that's what dreams are made of. And like, if I have to show up with wings and come in last place, at least I can say I gave it my old college try. Yeah, Bat Beeler joining us coming up hour number three, eight fifteen. Tennessee football. I think this works perfect. Wings and Tennessee football because you get the Wing Festival Friday, you get it Sunday. Tennessee opens up against Georgia State 26 days from now. That's sandwiched in between. And a more confident Jarrett Garantano about getting the football out of his hands faster. I, I would have to ask a quarterback this, and maybe this is a perfect thing to ask Ainge coming up during the crossover if he can actually get his kids to school on time and stay sane. <laughs> but giving Jarrett Garantano the luxury of free and clear going about the football game the way that he wants and taking in as much information as possible. When Jim Chaney was talking to the media last week, they asked, what is it about Jarrett Garantano? And he simply said he is giving him the luxury to run the offense the way that he wants to give him as much freedom as possible. My question to you is, do you believe right now Jarrett Garantano has earned the right to run the offense and be free Maybe Tyson Helton pulled him back a little bit more and didn't give him an opportunity. Larry Scott, obviously, that first year that he was in fighting with with Quentin Dormady, that's another equation that we can bring into the fold. But do you believe that Jim Chaney, first year back in Knoxville, is okay of just handing the reins to Jared Garantano going, go win us football games? I think he had a weird situation last year because last year, 
frankly, Tyson Held didn't get run the offense he wanted to run. But Tyson Held knew that coming in, and he said, I'll take that money. And then he did take that money, and yeah. then now he's at Western Kentucky. So it's um, – but I don't know, like, if you're getting reined in by the head coach – how much freedom are you giving the quarterback to do something that the head, you know what I mean? Like, I mm-hmm. think it's a tough situation to try to work all of that out. What I think that Cheney's doing as, and I think he's doing it smart, and you do this, I think, anytime that you're talking about employing people, is you want to give them um, the opportunity to grow into this role. And so that's what I look at with Cheney right now, is he's is Cheney's giving Garantano the opportunity to grow into this role where he can walk out there and control his line of scrimmage. Now, at the end of the day, once we they take the field against Georgia State, he's only going to have as much as he can handle. But right. he's given him the opportunity to earn X, and instead, if he doesn't quite get to X, well, if he gets three-quarters of the way there, it's a lot better than he was today. So he's empowering him a little bit, I think, to be successful, and that's the thing that you do. But Cheney's been around long enough to know, I'm not going to hand him something he can't that he can't handle, right? Is this a simple solution of fixing Jarrett Garantano of getting the ball out of his hands quicker? Not because of the struggles of the offensive line and, and you don't want to see him on his backside or you don't want to see this guy constantly having to go to the sidelines frustrated on third down. We already saw he can take care of the football last year. That you can see in evidence of only three interceptions last year. But when you talk to Jim Chaney, go back to our website and just click on every Jim Chaney interview that we've had with him. Whether it's been the sit down when he first got to campus, whether it's been he's meeting with during different sessions, it seems like anytime you talk to Jim Cheney about his starting quarterback this year and he gets compared to Jake Fromm or the Drew Brees days, Jacob Eason when he was first there at Georgia, it's all about how quickly he gets the ball out. This year, should we just imagine that Jared Garantano is going to be snapping that football, catching the snap from Brandon Kennedy and getting it out as quickly as possible? Because that's all I've ever heard from Jim Chaney is just snap the ball, get it out. Snap the ball, get it out. Throw that ball out of bounds. Don't force it. Things that we already know about Garantano we've seen. I'm not trying to make it seem like that they're going to be Mike Leach at 80 passes a year. But, God, it just seems like it's like Garantano touched the ball, get it out of your hands. But Get it out of your hands. Going from 23 passes a game to 28 passes a game or 30 passes a game opens up a lot more for your running game. And it makes your offense a lot more dynamic. And I think that's, especially with the strength of this Tennessee team probably being Ty Chandler in the passing game. Right. Tennessee's wide receivers are probably the biggest strength that they have. So I think that as you're holding him accountable to know all of these things pre-snap, it sets itself up and it lends itself to him being able to get rid of the ball because he's going to have a more of an understanding of what's going on on the field before the ball is snapped, Kaner. Kaner, you were talking to Chaney the other day about him giving him just a plateful as much as he can handle. Jarrett Garantano, how did it sound out of Chaney's mouth? Yeah, it sounded pretty good right there. It was just what we're talking about right now. How much can he do? How much freedom will you give? And before we could even get the question out of our mouths, Chaney butted in. This is what he had to say. How much freedom does he have? As much as he can handle. Or compared to other guys you've coached, how much freedom do you think he has? About the same. I think any good offense allows your quarterbacks to change plays when they need to. I mean, you as a play caller, you, you can sit there and be right about 60% of the time. You know, somebody's got to get you right that other 40 or you're living in the back. You're living in a bad situation. So expectations for him is to get me out of my horrible calls to some good calls which I think he can do, and I believe I trust all our quarterbacks to be able to do that, but he should be able to do it at a higher rate because he's played more football. Jim Cheney there with praise for Garantano, getting me out of bad play calls. You know, it's funny because we keep talking about, and maybe this is just me, maybe this is me playing PlayStation offensive coordinator, flipping the offensive playbook before I play any game. Is it just me, but the more you keep looking at how this offense is laid out with Dominic Wood Anderson and the unlocked potential and needing to get Ty Chandler the football more, 
Is this just me, or is it is this going to be Garantano taking a lot of snaps? Again, I'm not asking it to be West Coast sling and fling football, but it just seems like these guys are going to get their touches, but it's not going to be before Garantano touches the football first. Like, I could see Ty Chandler catching 8 to 10 balls a game. I can see Dominic Wood Anderson getting 6 to 8 more targets a game. You get what I'm saying? It just seems like with Cheney's offense, if you look at how they did things at Georgia and how they've done things in Cheney's past, Tennessee football this year is going to be Garantano pass attempts maybe in the 32 to 36 range compared to what we saw last year to the 18 to 20 range. Maybe that's overkill, and maybe I need to pull off the pump I, a little I, bit. I think that I think that is just a little overkill, okay. but, I, but I get okay. what you're saying. I, I absolutely get what you're saying because, I mean, you got to get the ball into the playmaker's hands, and that's what Jim Chaney's known for. The quick passing game, especially if you spread it out, put him in shotgun, put uh, DWA maybe out there in the slot, Ty Chandler out there in the slot. The quick passing game, when you set it up like that, can also benefit a, an inefficient offensive line. Chaney does say you can't coach around a poor offensive line, and I agree with that. Throughout the duration of a season, you can't. But in certain drives, certain situations, you can help them out. You right? can help them out for sure. And that quick passing game, getting it in the, the hands of the playmakers, which I do think they're going to do, Tyler, is uh, something we should keep an eye on. But I do agree. I think I think uh, Garantano will throw a little bit more. In the 30s might be a little up there, but uh, I do think it'll be more. Yeah, I just don't know that Pruitt's going to be able to make the adjustment that quickly. right? If he wanted an offense that's 22-23 passes a game, I don't know that he's going to be able to stomach 36 mm-hmm. yet, right? So I think your sweet spot's 28 to 32. I would like to see them be 32 plus. I think that was Tennessee will be the most successful if they threw the ball at least 50% Agree. of the time. But I just don't know if Jeremy Pruitt can can stomach that just but yet. All this, he's evolving quickly. Yeah. I just don't know if he can evolve, evolve that quickly. And all this, like you said, Will, is going to open up that running game, and it's going to be a more balanced, more efficient offense, the, too. So the, um, the Georgia the Georgia Notre Dame game a couple of years ago, when they could not run the ball, they're pounding their head against the brick wall over and over again. So what do they do? Quick passes to the outside, spread the defense outside, line to sideline, and what they're, it, it opened up a running game for them so that they could become more balanced. Mm-hmm. Tyler Ivins, Will West, 656-9900, 26 days from now, you will hear Tennessee take on Georgia State right here for your home of Tennessee football. 99.1 FM, the sports animal. Eric Kane's got her. This is a Tennessee Education Lottery Sports Minute. Sorry about that, Tyler Robbins. Tennessee football off and running in fall camp. Three practices already out of the way. Open practice was canceled due to weather, but the ball still hosted fan day. Sunday afternoon, hundreds of fans waited hours to meet the players and get autographs at the indoor complex. The players will have Monday off before returning to the practice field Tuesday afternoon. Tom Brady and the New England Patriots have finalized a two-year contract extension that will keep the 42-year-old in Foxborough through the 2021 season. Brady will earn $23 million this season. That's sixth highest among native quarterbacks, and the deal will be adjusted each year he continues to play. Elsewhere, Jaguars defensive end Yannick Nguagwe ended his 11-day holdout and reported the camp with no new deal. Texans have placed running back Deontay Free, a foreman on waivers. The longtime Packers receiver Jordy Nelson will sign a one-day contract to retire as a Green Bay Packer. Eight Tennessee cash for live drawings are now held every night, giving you the chance to win $1,000 a day every seven days a week. You can stop by any Tennessee lottery retailer and pick up cash for life today. 717, good morning, Pete Michaels Traffic. I'm Eric Kane. Seven twenty-three. All throughout the afternoon, your chance to get qualified for the ultimate tailgating camper. We brought to you by our friends over at Buddy Greg RV and Motorhomes, as well as Graphic Creations and Hound Dogs. You know, look, there's a lot of great things that come with that Ultimate Tailgate Camper, but Will, 
you get 1,500 bones of Hound Dogs gear to go on top of it as well. So shouts to our friends at Hound Dogs. If you're looking for that new big orange wardrobe for the upcoming football <laughs> season, well, it's going to be happening coming up in the next couple of weeks. This is one of my favorite giveaways we've ever done. If not my favorite giveaway that we've ever done. This thing is incredible. There's a table that's a custom table being put into it. The Jeff Jarnigan's taking it on himself. He's actually going around and getting like all-time great Tennessee players yeah. to autograph it. And then they're going to seal that bad boy with the autographs on this table. It looks awesome. You're going to love this thing. And a great opportunity, as always, to uh, to win a great prize from Sports Radio WNML and our incredible partners. Let me ask you this real quick. The reason why I bring up the number of passes this year that we're going to see from Jared Garantano, or at least in my belief from Jared Garantano, is just... I just believe Ty Chandler, when we talk about power running games we've seen in the past out of Georgia when Chaney has been there, no matter who the names have been and who have gone on to NFL contracts and who have got future NFL contracts and they're, you know, in their near future. I just look at them and think, I don't know if Ty Chandler's to that level yet. So and I was going back and forth with a couple of people on Twitter and on the personal text line about the number being a little high. I think Ty Chandler can be a dynamic running back like a Michelle and like a Chubb. I just don't know if you can rely on him to 12, 15 times a game hit that hole, but you can rely on him to get 12 to 15 touches if, say, eight or nine of them come through the year from Garantano. That's the key to me. He needs to play that joker position like Sean Payton has in in New Orleans, and I think that Tennessee will be at its best if you find a way to like Alvin Kamara. Like, Kamara really doesn't get many more touches now than he did with Butch Jones. This is the way they got him the ball. They run that inside zone with Butch, and, I mean, that's not the what you want to do with Ty Chandler. You're not trying to just bang him between guard and center over and over again and hope something cool works out there and he's able to break one. Tennessee doesn't have the blocking for that. And also, we talk about this a lot the last two years. You're relying, your offensive line has been the weakest point the last two seasons, I think. And when you try to have a power running game, especially with a small back, you're relying, you're, the, the, the offensive line becomes the most important piece on the field. Yes. And you're relying on them to be the thing that carries you offensively. And that just seems like it's a, uh, I don't want to say a fool's errand, but it just seems like you're uh, wasting your time a little bit and energy's there. What you want with Chandler is you want to get it swing pass. You want to get the ball to him outside, wheel route out of the backfield. Little things like that to to just get Chandler. And that's something that Chaney's amazing at. And it's and that's that's one of the reasons why when this hire happened, I was like, I think it's the best coordinator. One, I think it's the best coordinator for Pruitt and for Tennessee. I think it's the best coordinator in college football, period. I wouldn't trade him for anybody. And so I think he's especially perfect for this. But you'd like to see Chandler get six touches outside the box in the passing game somehow, some way. And then you'd probably like to see him used in the running game, whether it's that long trap that Tennessee liked to run last year or something like that, to get him to the outside. I don't want to waste Ty Chandler running him between the guards, but you know, the way that Butch Jones did. So let me take these off ramp quickly on Chandler. What is a good number of touches for Ty Chandler? Because no matter who you talk to, no matter who you, you know, in the SEC or outside of Tennessee football, they all say Ty Chandler has to get the football more. So where's that happy medium for Ty Chandler? I would like to see 12 to 15, Eric. Is that too few? No, no, I think that's about right. I said at least 10. I mean, 10 is the floor every game. Uh, but I would like to see anywhere around 15, you know, 13 to 16. somewhere. Is, is, is he more effective, Ty Chandler, catching the football out of the backfield? I mean, do you go some type of... Again, I hate the cliche thunder and lightning. You have to run the ball with Ty Chandler though, or he will not be as effective in the backfield. Okay, so, you, so then so you, how you, much okay, so how much of Tim Jordan do you see this year at all? I know you're going to see him, obviously, because you have to succeed with multiple running backs in the SEC. 
My question is, though, if getting Ty Chandler the ball more is an important ingredient to the success of Tennessee this year, how important is he the ingredient? Because if you're Garantano, how often do you need Ty Chandler as that safety blanket in the backfield? And, and can he take defenses hitting him 10, 15 times a game? But, but the one thing you see with the guys like Kamara, with the guy like James White, Deion Lewis, the guys like that over the years, and one, one thing that happens is safety start creeping into the box when that happens. Because I need somebody that could tackle him in space because too often a linebacker's not able to get over and do that. Right. So what, what you see is either you're running... Uh, You'll see that safety kind of creep up to, towards the line of scrimmage a little bit, and then that opens up the, the Marquez Callaway in man coverage mm-hmm. and things like that. And that becomes, and this is where the chess match of football kind of happens on the offensive side is you give me Callaway against just about any cornerback in the SEC, I'm going to feel awfully good about my chances yep. to be able to throw a 50 50 ball up to him, right? Sure. I just, I got to ask myself, how, it, how much does Jim Cheney's offense work if you don't have a power running back? And I just want to know, do we label Ty Chandler as a power well, running back? You have a, you have a power running back in Jeremy Banks. I think you have two. The, I think Jordan can be a power, can yeah, yeah. Be a power the, running back, too. Yeah, exactly. So you, you've got some guys that can run you know, in, in the power situations, third and short, fourth and short, stuff like that. But it's important to know that you know when Ty Chandler's in the ball game, the defenses don't know well. It's either going to be a, a lead to the outside or something to the, to the, to the edge, or he's going to swing it to him. You know, you have to to respect the run. You have to run Ty Chandler in between the tackles a little bit because it'll be a, an automatic giveaway whenever Tim Jordan comes in that that's what you're going to do. So, you know, I, to answer your question about Tim Jordan, Tim Jordan will play a part. I think in the perfect world, Ty Chandler's your lead back. He's your feature back. Okay, Jeremy Banks is your big yardage type situational back. Eric Gray gets rotated in there that can do a little bit of both. And then, honestly, you know, Tim Jordan's a guy that, you know, probably if everything went perfectly, he's a guy you wouldn't see a whole lot of. 7.30, five burning questions coming up on the other side. Questions about Tennessee football camp that will continue to be recycled and reheated between now and 26 days before Georgia State comes to town to open things up for the Vols on August 31st. 99.1 FM, you're listening to the Esports Animal. Stick around. Six five six ninety nine hundred. At one eight six 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 five six ninety nine hundred and star nine ninety, a free phone call for U.S. Cellular and AT and T users. Back to Tennessee football coming up before eight a.m. Now we get into five burning questions. Seven thirty on your Monday morning. Head to head, toe to toe, mono a mono. It's time for five burning questions. Brought to you by Life Safety Inspections, saving lives one extinguisher at a time. It's not just a motto; it's how we do business. Eric Kane, if you would please. All right, guys, after this weekend's document dump by Ohio State, do you believe Urban Meyer will ever be a head coach again? You know, this question got asked about Rick Pitino as well in college basketball. Look, if you're good enough to coach X's and O's and you can win trophies and you can build cases up, yeah, you're always going to have a job. No matter what we think of Urban Meyer, the guy wins, and some college is going to be willing to bring him in and get those W's no matter what the cost is. What happened when Tyreek Hill stepped back on the practice field for the Chiefs this year? Everybody cheered. There was a crowd of fans there cheering. Nobody cares. Like, I mean, I hate to say it, but nobody cares when it comes to that. Just win. That's all they care about. There was a specific text message in there from his wife that showed that everything Urban Meyer said in that press conference when he got, then the suspension was announced and he got reinstated. Everything he said was an abject lie. How many people know that? Almost none, because the media is focused on, Urban Meyer said Alabama offered him a job, right? That's the thing the media is focused on. He's getting a free pass right now based on that document dump. He will get a job. I think he's USC's coach next year. How many more seasons will Tom Brady play? 
three. Three more seasons. This one and two more. That's, that's how long I think Tom Brady's going to play, and I don't think that third one's going to go particularly well. When it goes bad for you in the NFL as a quarterback, it It'll goes go bad very bad. Yes, yeah, so give me three seasons. You know what? Instead of just matching your answer, I'm going to ask how many more Super Bowls does Tom Brady win? One. They still win one more in the next three years. Yeah. I'm okay with that. One I, think the next I think two. that's the right answer. I don't want to hear that, but I mean, that's probably the right answer. It's three. Brady's going to find a way to continue to battle Father Time, but as we all know, Father Time is undefeated. Today is Patrick Ewing's 57th birthday. Is Ewing a top five center of all time? Yeah, he is. And no, this isn't just a Knicks fan saying Patrick Ewing is a top five center of all time. Look at the numbers. Not only was the guy very good at what he did inside the paint, but I will tell you, the guy kept his emotions in check. I mean, that is whenever he wasn't, of course, scrapping with Carl Malone and some of the other guys when they were battling out of conference. To me, Patrick Ewing, I wouldn't put him high on the list of players to never win the ring the best at their sports, but he's certainly on the list. But to me, top five, definitely. If you count Bill Russell as his center, which he played, not as a power forward, which he would have played in this era, he's not. You're going to go Wilt, they're going to go Kareem one, Wilt two, Russell three, Elijah on four, Shaq five. But if you count, take Bill Russell out of the equation, he is number five. Today is National Oyster Day. Which are better, raw, fried, or broiled oysters? And I, I'm going to go against the grain here. Hot take a little bit. Broiled oysters are spectacular. If you've ever had like a seafood broil when you go to a restaurant at the beach or something like that, and they've got a mixture of like fish, shrimp, a little crab there, and you have the oysters as well, the oysters are going to be kind of the, the I don't know, not the MVP, but the Scotty Pippen to uh, to the Michael Jordan that's on the plate there. So give me broiled oysters, even over raw oysters, even though raw is fantastic. Are you ready for another hot take? Tyler Ivins has only had one oyster his entire life, and somebody sprinkled some tobacco sauce inside the shell, and I slurped it raw. Good. Wasn't my favorite. Other options for me to choose. Apparently, I need to open the oyster game once again. Oh, fri- f- fried oysters are solid, too. They're all good options. Really? Yeah. I might have to dive back into that. All right, guys, what's the big storyline for the first week of camp for Tennessee? The answer is simply this. Is Jarrett Garantano the guy, the leader that Jim Chaney needs him to be? We just talked about it a little bit. Does he have the options around him to be able to excel as that leader? Not only that, we just had a little chat off the mic here. It's also Jeremy Pruitt's growth as a coach with the media, whether he likes it or not. Look, I went back and clicked on the website. There's some good stuff there. Pruitt looks like that he's ready to be a coach all around, not just off the field, but on the field as well. When I was in the Army, I had to do this thing as I was getting processed out medically called LOS, line of sight. And it meant that I had to take somebody who was getting processed out for not great things, and I couldn't let them leave my sight. It's LOS for this one as well, line of scrimmage. Who are those guys playing where on the offensive line and the defensive line the first week? You can never go wrong with the line of scrimmage being the focal point of fall camp so far. So we'll get the win. So not only did I not get the win because you cut my mic off earlier, but then (laughs) welcome back to the show after a week. Like, dude, you could just throw a sympathy W out there, but then you know what? I wouldn't, the, want, I wouldn't want the. I want to be held accountable, and I yeah. want to hold to a certain standard. So I, I don't want sympathy wins. I thought about that sympathy dub, but then you would have called me out on the sympathy dub, and so it would have been a mute point. Let me also remind you that he won't hand out my music while you're on vacay, Will West. So the last week that I had to do the show without you, I didn't hear my music once. Uh, so I haven't heard it in like 27 days, okay. apparently. 
There are there have been more days between me here and my winning music than days less remaining until Tennessee kicks off their season. <laughs> life safety inspections, Chip, making it possible each and every morning. LSITN.com for life safety inspections. Anything to do with fire suppression systems, they are the ones to call. They're licensed inspectors of life safety inspections. They could look hood vents and things like that for fire suppression in your business or a restaurant. Perfect people to call for that, and they can help you with any type of repair you might need as well. Life safety inspections. Again, LSITN.com. You want to talk Tennessee football? Let's do it. It next with Eric Kane. We're going to get a fall practice report coming up on the other side. Also, 805, your chance to play the game. Talk about picking up a W the first day Knox County schools are back in. Tyler Ivins, Will West, Eric Kane with our next Tennessee Lottery Sports Update at 741. This is a Tennessee Education Lottery Sports Minute. All right, a couple of baseball scores of note. The Braves rallied to force extra innings. It was a big uh, home run by Ronald Acuna Jr., but... Atlanta fell to Cincinnati 6-4 in 10. The Cubs finished off a sweep over the Brewers 7-2. The White Sox doubled up the Phillies 10-5. And the Yankees took down the Red Sox, the struggling Red Sox, 7-4. In NASCAR, Chase Elliott won for the second year in a row over Martin Truex Jr. on the road course Watkins Glen. Coming in behind of the duo was Denny Amlin, Eric Jones, and Ryan Blaney. And golf, JT Post. Poston took home the his first PGA Tour victory this weekend at the Wyndham Championship. It's the regular season finale. Poston shot a 8-under 62 Sunday to finish one stroke ahead of Webb Simpson at 22-under par. Around the NFL, Yannick Nguakwe ended his 11-day holdout and has returned to the Jaguars camp. New England and Tom Brady are about to finalize a two-year contract extension. They'll keep the 42-year-old in Foxborough through season 2021. Brady will make $23 million this season. Tennessee football, an off day here on Monday. The players return to the practice field Tuesday afternoon. Add quick cash to your next Tennessee cash play for a chance to win up to $500 instantly, plus a chance to win the jackpot drawing later. Have some fun now and later with Tennessee Cash from your Tennessee Lottery. 741, 15 seconds. We'll check in with Pete Michael's traffic. Good morning, I'm Eric Kane. All right, 14 minutes ahead of the hour of 8 o'clock. Starting lineup continues here on 99.1 FM and 990 AM. Listening to these sports animal, Tyler Ivins, Will West. It's kind of hard to actually do a Tennessee fall practice report, sans dad jokes. But our very own Eric Kane now bringing you everything that you need from Tennessee football day in and day out. And Eric Kane, good morning to you. Quite a bit. Uh, I should say, I would say quite a bit of change, but there are some important things of notes that we need to touch on, especially when it comes to trying to find out who the 22 guys are going to be to start the depth charts from the offense and the defensive side of things. Yeah, absolutely, guys. And, uh, you know, first three practices in the books, it was a helmet only on Friday and Saturday. Yesterday, they broke out the shells, which is helmet and shoulder pads. But uh, guys are flying around. Jeremy Pruitt, after Friday's first practice, said that he was pleased with how the guys came to work. Um, obviously, he it took him, I want to say, seven or eight seconds to say the defense has a long way to go, but that's that's kind of typical for, for Jeremy Pruitt. He was uh, excited about how the offense held on to the football, but like we've been talking about this morning, it all starts up front, offense and, and defense, and you know, just a note that I've had just being around the guys the first three days, I mean, Tennessee looks physically bigger. And I know size isn't everything in terms of you can have some big guys, but can they play? And I, and I understand that. And, you know, that's that's the job of the coaching staff to develop, especially some of these Juco guys and freshmen to come in here. But uh, just the guys look bigger. And, and that's something that's uh, different for me from year one to year two. I mean, take a guy, even even getting away from the line of scrimmage, a guy, a freshman uh, receiver, Gerard Means, who came in 
as a receiver. He's now playing cornerback. I mean, guy six foot two, two fifteen. I mean, they're even the freshman. Yeah, that ain't that six two, two fifteen corner yes. is massive, and he can move too. So that's one of the biggest takeaways I've seen early on. Is just the the team overall looks like an SEC football team, which is a good thing. All right. So when when you're when you're talking about that, how much bigger they are? Because I, I will tell you that's one thing that I, that I always notice with Tennessee's players versus. Frankly, Alabama's and Georgia's players, right? As they just weren't the same size. And Florida's were always a good bit bigger than Tennessee's as well. That they had the size that it takes to be able to compete at the highest level. And again, that's not going to be everything just because, you know, you can be a warrior in the gym and end up mm-hmm. not doing anything when you're on the field, right? But do they have that size where you feel like, okay, at least physically they can hang with the top teams? Yeah, absolutely. I would say, I mean, at least physically, you know, uh, you know, length and, and stature and everything. Uh, they for sure do. You know, we made the the note this morning. Jeremy Pruitt said in Hoover that he has 15 guys over 300 pounds right now that he feels like can come in and play and is ready to go compared to only about two or three to that number last year. So to your point, and I mean, obviously, if you've been around a football team, you know that it's all about getting on the field, learning what you're supposed to do, playing the proper technique, getting coached up the right way. And if you have size, it's an added bonus. Uh, but just in terms of the eye test, I mean, they certainly look like an SEC team that could hang with just about anybody. Hey, okay, it seems like everyone is praising Jim Chaney right now. Um, how much do you gather that they're getting with Chaney's offense at this point? Yeah, I mean, they look like, you know, we see a lot of drills. And, and you know, yesterday in particular, watched the quarterbacks for a little while. They were practicing, you know, roll out, play action, rolling out, throwing on the run. Uh, Moving move that launch point for the ball is big because that's not something Tennessee hasn't done in a number of years, and they really need to. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Garantano, I posted a video at underscore Kaner of Garantano making that nice throw on the run. Saw some misdirections there. Saw them uh, take some snaps out of the pistol look, you know, when they were doing inside run. And that's something that I think would be really useful for this offense, especially with Ty Chandler back there is the deep back because you can play around with him pre-snap move him around and uh you know the defense might not know where it's going but uh in terms of jim cheney's off you're seeing a few of the wrinkles here early on and we'll see more and more as time goes on but just listen to the comments both from jim cheney from jared garantano saying you know garantano can have as much control as he can handle to change things up with a lot of scrimmage and garantano said absolutely and if he shoots down one of my ideas or one of my inputs during a game or during practice that's okay he's the coach he's he knows what you know how to do it. So that as that relationship continues to grow and grow and the rapport gets better, I think, uh, you know, Garantano will have more and more and more responsibility as the season goes on. Look, the housekeeping, nobody wants to hear about backup quarterbacks, but it needs to be asked. When you look at the guys behind Jared Garantano, how do you believe things would line up? I know it's early, but some people look better than others. It's early, and I've seen them throw against air an awful lot. Uh, but my early observations, uh, JT Shroud is looking more crisp, polished than than a Brian Maurer. And again, Brian Maurer came in there in spring. He made some nice plays here in the spring game, but he also looked like a kid that still was, was supposed to be in high school, which he was. Um, early on, from my observations, Brian Maurer's throw has been a little high, a little behind. Uh, JT Shroud, you can see that he's been in a system for over a year. Uh, so if I had to give an early advantage of who might be that backup quarterback spot after three days of no no full uh, full padded practice, it would be to JT Shroud early on. But again, it's early. Defensively, and look, as you already mentioned, they have a ways to go. The defense behind the offense, Derek Ansley taking over year number one after leaving Oakland. My question to you is immediately people are tired of playing the guessing game of who could be replacing a lot of the graduates from last year. Are there a few that perhaps are standing out? I know people are anxiously awaiting some waiver clearing things, et cetera. 
but early in camp, are there names you're even willing to put atop that depth chart on the defensive line? Well, uh, you know, just leading the pack in every drill that I've seen, you know, big 98, Aubrey Solomon, yep. and he, he's the guy you're referring to. If he can be eligible, Jeremy Pruitt said, could be in two days, could be in two weeks. You still don't know, but Aubrey Solomon looks quick. He, he's leading the pack there. A guy that I'm pleasantly surprised with in terms of his speed and, and, and when you're doing the hand placement drills, going around the dummy, uh, and reacting to maybe a quarterback's uh, you know positioning is is uh, Darrell Middleton, six foot seven, three eleven. Uh, he's looked good so far uh, in non uh, non full pads, and then of course Emma Gooden, which you expect six three two ninety. He's looked pretty sharp there. Those are some guys that I've seen. Obviously, uh, and uh, Savion Williams or Savion, uh, yeah, Williams. Excuse me. Uh, 300 pounds, six foot four. He's looked really quick so far, uh, you know, at that defensive end position. So, so those are some of the defensive linemen that have stood out. To All me. right. Give me linebackers. Who's playing where? I think that Tennessee has a lot of options that we like at linebackers, but you got three freshmen this year, one a red shirt, two true freshmen. Where are those guys kind of lining up right now when you talk about Peterson, Crouch, and uh, 2020? Yeah, so uh, Peterson's been practicing, and again, this time last year he wasn't in camp, but he's been practicing with uh, the inside linebackers. That's J.J. Peterson. Uh, Henry Tuotuo has come in. He was not here during spring, but he's come in. He started out at the inside linebacker position, so those are two playing on the inside. Culveras Crouch, you played a little bit of everything in spring, but uh, you saw him a lot on the inside. He's on the outside so far early in camp, coming off the edge, as is Roman Harrison. I think we always forget about Roman Harrison, a guy that played nose tackle in high school, but is big, is fast, is quick, and I think he could add some much-needed depth opposing you know, Darrell Taylor, DeAndre Johnson, and uh, maybe even Kevon Bennett. So, Tennessee continues fall practice. A lot more sessions coming up with Jeremy Pruitt and the rest of the staff this week. What are some of the things to look forward to before we get to August 31, Eric? Yeah, so today, of course, it's uh, it's Monday. They're off. Tuesday, they hit the practice field again. And then we'll hear from Jeremy Pruitt. Wednesday, uh, they have a 3 p.m. practice on the field. And then Jeremy Pruitt will just, will talk to the media afterwards. Guys will uh, practice under the lights on uh, Thursday and Friday of this week. And that's important, too, because... You never know, you know, when your game times will be slotted. It'll be at noon, three, or at eight o'clock, seven o'clock at night. So it's important to kind of get that feel, as minimal as it sounds, uh, get out there and playing at that time of the night. So that's something to look forward to, obviously, as the week goes on, and just you know, continue to see, you know, who's going to be out there and uh, practicing when uh, you know the full pads come on. And obviously, Jeremy Pruitt came out and said Balen Buchanan's going to be held out the first few weeks. Juwan Jennings, who's looked really good. He's going to be on a pitch count early on, but if they had to play today, he'd be ready to roll. Uh, but that's something I'll keep my eyes on when we uh, get out there the rest of the week. And, of course, UT practice reports are being brought to you by? Yeah, always. Pools by Heritage. You can get your pool started now from design to construction to maintenance. One call does it all. Call Pools by Heritage at 947-7527 or visit PoolsByHeritage.com. Okay, one thing that's really cool that we have for you this year, if you're you know listener to the Sports Radio WNML and you don't know, don't know his background, Eric Kane working the Vol football beat this year, but it's not just that Eric has a lot of experience you know, doing this kind of thing and covering Tennessee football, and now he's going to be our primary beat reporter for it. Eric actually played at a high level as well. You played For those that don't know, you played linebacker Carson Newman, right? Absolutely. Had a blast four years under Ken Sparks at the Division II level, just right down the road, Carson Newman. Played middle linebacker, played a lot of special teams. So, um, you know, when I when I sit up in the press box, I, I kind of look at it from a different perspective when I'm down on the field of practice. So really excited to kind of bring that mindset to uh, these reports this year. Is there any way we can get Eric Kane's roster photos included in with a lot of the podcast? <laughs> 
Like, if you look up Eric Kane's Carson Newman roster photos, this guy looks like he should have been put in a padded walled room. <laughs> this guy looks like that a tray should have been slid under a slot in the door and that he would be raking a cup against the bars at a prison up there in the Jefferson. I mean, this guy looks like he'd eat you. Kaner, I, I just the photos that I've seen, it looks like you would wear your sunglasses backwards on your head when you didn't want to wear them the, the other way. Uh, did you ever do that? Oh, don't oh, come no, on. No, uh, ask him if you ever wore spaghetti string strap shirts to the cafeteria. All, all, uh, all, all about the bro tanks to the calf, for sure. <laughs> no, but it, look, it's good to have somebody that has that level of football perspective that can ask these types of questions and get this kind of type of information. So it's something that you don't ever really get, frankly, when you talk about a beat reporter. So we're we're glad to have it. I'm really excited about it. It's about time we get a former college football player on staff to talk a little football. Huh? <laughs> it is shots Old, fired uh, number 10 uh, listening i hope so what's shot, up buddy yeah bobby scott hey, listens bobby every scott. morning this <laughs> 756 let's get back we play the game matt beeler joins us a little star bench cut for your monday as well tyler ivins will west the starting lineup 99.1 fm the sports animal